This is Brad Esfano, and thank you for joining episode two of the Comfort in the Workplace podcast. Uh, in episode one, we introduced Comfort in the Workplace as a culture framework, and it gave you a little bit of the backstory of how we came up with uh, Comfort in the Workplace and, and, and the culture framework in the first place. And this is kind of a continuation of that, and we're going to talk about the core workout tool. And just to, just to let everybody know, whenever we reference a tool on the podcast, there's always a, a YouTube video that talks through the tool or the topic in, in, in detail and makes sure that it steps you through how to use the tool or what to take away from the, from the topic. So please, I encourage you to go to the YouTube channel, Broadus Rano YouTube channel. You'll see all of the videos. You can you can uh, reference the videos that we talk about on on the podcast, and you could also look at some of the other videos that are there. So the core workout tool, just a, a quick summary of of the tool. It, it really steps the team through uh, uh, who they are and what their value add is to the organization. The tool doesn't tie to one of the specific tenets, and I really see this as a foundation. Um, for you to use um, some of the other tools and put the culture, get the get the culture really established with the team, but it talks through a few questions, and one of them it asks the team what unique skills and talents do the team have, um, so what makes the team special, and then how do those skills and talents fit into the broader objectives of the company or or the department, um, so really asking the team to think about how they relate to the objectives of the department and how they contribute to those, and then finally. Um, we asked the team to create a value-add statement, and this is really intended to be a straightforward, concise, um, to-the-point value-add. What is the value-add of the team to the organization or to the department? And then using that, we start to take an inventory of all of the activities that the team supports. And so once we have that, that inventory, uh, we don't go too detailed, but uh, detailed enough we start laying them into three different categories. Um, what are the core objectives of the team? So looking back to the value-add statement, what are the core objectives of the team? And which of those activities relate to the core objectives of the team? What are secondary responsibilities? And lastly, what are things that are outside of team boundaries? And so as we go through that, we want to amplify what's in the core objectives and we want to spend 80 to 100% of our capacity on our core objectives. Secondary responsibilities, these might be things that other teams could do, we could do. You know, maybe we're pitching in and helping out um, some other teams. Maybe it's not clear where the activities should, um, should reside and who should own them. Um, so being good team players, maybe we jumped in and we, we took them on. And that should be less than 20% of our capacity. And we want to monitor those and make sure that we're not using too much of our capacity and make sure that there's transition plans where needed um, to, to move things to, to other teams. And then lastly, there are things outside of the team boundaries. And these are items that maybe are adding absolutely no value. Um, maybe we're doing them just for historical reasons. We've always done it. But these are the things that we want to stop um, or transition to a team that really should be taking taking them on, but we'd have no business really really working on these. And in a lot of cases, if we're working on things that are outside outside our team boundaries, um, we're probably frustrating someone along the way. Um, so someone's probably getting frustrated that we're wasting time on them, or that we're doing things that maybe they feel like they should be doing. Um, so we want to we want to really stop doing those and and transition those off. And so the the core workout allows us to to really focus the team. The team 
comes away knowing that what they're working on is adding value to the organization. So it, it really increases their motivation. It increases their, their engagement. And then when we, when we start talking about stopping and transitioning things, there's, there's usually an initial shock factor of, um, hold on, you really want me to stop doing this? But wait, wait, what if somebody gets upset? But when you, sh- when you show as a leader that you're there to support them through that process and to talk to your peers and talk to senior leaders and say, hey, look, we're going to stop this and make sure you're transparent about it. Um, man, the team feels really good about it. And then that freed up capacity, they're then, they're then able to work on things that really people care about. And typically those fall into the, into the core objectives. But sometimes it allows them to pitch in on secondary responsibilities. And you know, people start looking at the team and it starts building their credibility. And they start looking at them as you know, real value adds to the organization. Um, so the core workout allows us to, to really, really amplify the value that a, uh, that a team brings to the, to the table and ultimately creates new opportunities and new growth for the team as well. So I want to take you back a little bit of uh, the history on the core workout. Originally, and this ties, uh, ties into the story that I told in, in episode number one of that team that I took over, um, originally, it was called the Circles of Influence, and it, it sounded uh, a, a bit cheesy, and it almost seemed like it was a, a horror flick from the 80s or some B-movie. Um, so we wound up changing the name to, to Core Workout, um, which was more fitting. But originally, it was a very individual tool. So if you remember in the story, we had people that were um, either territorial or stepping on each other's toes. And so what we did there was, uh, and plus the team, as all teams, they were overworked. What we did was we put the circles of influence together as a way for them to say, okay, what is my direct area of responsibility? Um, where are areas that I have some influence and where are areas that I have no influence? And in areas that you have no influence, again, spend none of your time. Some influence, you're spending no more than 20% of your time. And lastly, areas that are your direct area of responsibility, you should be spending 80 to 100% of your time. So the, the breakouts were the same. Um, but I thought it was important to share that with you because um, the tool mer- morphed a bit to get a little bit more focused on teams, but you could also use it for individuals. And I, I, I encourage you to use it for individuals. And I'll give you a couple of um, areas where, where that worked. And I referenced the relationship between a project manager and a relationship manager. Um, and the circles of influence helped that quite a bit in saying, hey, you know what? Yes, I have some influence over the over the project plan, but I probably shouldn't be digging down into every last detail of it. I should probably talk talk really through about the objectives, the milestones, and what the expectations are from the, the customer, um, the relationships that I'm managing, um, and then also help to uh, educate the customer on on why it is that we're going to deliver when we're when when we're going to deliver. And so the, the the circle of influence, the core workout helps helps talk through that quite a bit. And, and so that's where that originated. One of the other areas that I wanted to, to point out to provide you a little bit of insight is that I know when we talk through comfort in the workplace and we talk through the culture, a lot of it seems soft or could be soft. And, you know, if I'm, if I'm listening, I'm probably saying, well, wait a second, where, where, when do I start holding the team accountable? When do I show my, my authority? What if the team challenges me? And in, in my particular case, you know, I was a young manager coming in um, and I, I told you that I had some people rolling their eyes and, and you know, looking at me a bit funny when I was introducing some of these topics. Well, I did get challenged. Um, I did get challenged by one of the, the senior um, team members and, you know, they were challenging me. And what I, what I laid out there was, you know, the, the core objectives for me 
is running the team and, and making sure that we have a good operating model in place and making sure that there's a good culture in place. And so what I, I was able to use the tool to say, hey, look, yes, you have some influence as a senior team member, um, but you don't have direct authority. And you, this is, that, that is not your core objective. So I'm willing to take your input, so I'm not shutting it down, but once I make a decision, um, that's, that's, that's my core objective. And it's my, it's my objective to make sure that the full team is comfortable with the operating model and the full team understands, understands um, what the culture is, not just one individual team member. Um, and so I was able to use that tool to push back in a very um, factual way. Uh, and it, it was unemotional. It was very objective. Um, and so the tool helped me as a young manager. It helped me push back on somebody that um, felt that they were pretty seasoned and they were senior and they should have had a, a bigger say in how things should should operate. So now I'm um, going back to the core workout as a as a team tool. I wanted to share with you um, uh, an experience that I had working with a team on on the core workout. And inevitably, you go through this, and 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 some some teams are. Wait a second, I know what's going on with my team. Uh, my team's overworked. Um, I I don't need to be you know talking through all the different activities. We have it under control. My customers are happy. You know why am I going through uh, through a core workout? Um, you're just wasting my time. This is going to be a half day session, you know, three hour session, and and my team could be working on much much better things. And so, in one particular case, I was working with uh, with with a manager and said, "Okay, that's that's fine, but you know, that, I think we really need to get through this." Um, I I wound up getting getting their their support um, begrudgingly. They they had their their team join, and we started walking through the exercise. Um, it was pretty straightforward when we went through the questions and and came up with the value add statement. There was nothing nothing groundbreaking there. And I could see the manager getting a bit frustrated and, and, and saying, this is, this is absolutely a waste of, a waste of time. And so we start laying out um, the activities, the inventory of activities and they're going around a room and everybody's talking through their activities and we get to and the manager's barely paying attention. Right. But then we get to get to one person and they start laying out their activities and they said one activity. And I see the manager kind of get up in his chair and he's looking, he's like, wait, hold on what did you say you're working on? And they said it again. And he's like, well, wait, why, why are you doing that? Oh, you know, so-and-so when they transferred out, they transitioned to me and, you know, I just been doing it for the past, um, the past year or so. And, you know, managers say, well, how much of your capacity does it take up? Oh, you know, it takes up, I don't know, roughly a, a 25%, 25% of my, my capacity. And the manager's looking, and that, that absolutely adds no value. This, it's ridiculous that we're still even doing that. That's a historical activity. You know, we need to, we need to just stop doing that now, and it's probably causing issues down the line. And, and now people, so other people in the room, I see them looking up, and then they're saying, well, wait a second, I'm doing something similar. And there's another person saying, well, yes, no, because that's happening, we're, that's why we're doing this. And so all of a sudden, you had this, um, this, this, this aha moment in the room there's a number of activities that really we could just stop right now within the confines of that team without even having to go out to other teams and to get their buy-in. Um, these, were, these were activities that were supporting each other within the team and actually causing, causing issues. And so that, that aha moment for that manager, you know, knowing that, yeah, of course, there's a lot of great people that are, that are working there. And he's getting status and, and he's getting information from a team and he's getting good feedback from the customers. 
But these are things that were just flying under the radar that people were just doing that the manager had absolutely no idea that they were going on until we actually went through the exercise. Um, and so that manager brought in real quick, obviously, and you know, laid out the activities, was able to get back quite a bit of capacity on a team. And this is a team that was working around the clock at times, at, 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 at busy times. And, and so to be able to get back even even an hour, never mind 25% of, of one person, and it was, I don't remember the actual percentages of the rest of the people, but um, it, was, it was a significant overall benefit for the team. And, and so while on the surface, you might, as a manager, you might think that you have a handle on the team, and you probably do, and there's probably a lot of good going on, um, until you walk through an exercise like this and actually ask people um, what they what what specifically how much of their capacity they're using on a- activities, you start to really um, take take a look and you know there are there are other examples where you know people are working on something that on the surface looks very valuable, but then you start to ask them who the who the customer is and and who's taking the output, and you know, I don't really know who's using the output, and then you start drinking, oh I think it might be this person. And then you you pull the the thread a little bit and you talk to that person. Person, no, I'm not I'm not using that. I used to use it. That, that was a couple of years ago. I, I I use this now and I don't I don't use that output anymore. Um, and you pull that thread and and then you're able to find items that you could just you could just shut down pretty pretty quickly. And that's one of my favorite things going through the core workout. Um, and that's 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 why I, I like the idea of core workout because you're trimming the fat um, and you're really getting lean and mean. Um, and then you're allowed to then use that capacity to look at your core objectives and amplify those. And now you couple the core workout with some good communications and providing some transparency on your priorities and some, some, a little bit of marketing. And man, your team starts feeling real good about what they're working on. Um, they know, they know through the core workout, they know there's a direct alignment to um, the objectives of the organization. There's a direct alignment to a value add, and they know people are excited about the things that they're working on. So it 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 is a it is a powerful tool, and it's something that the world changes. And so it's 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 not a one and done, you know. So to me, you can do this. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say you're doing it on a monthly basis. Um, you know, maybe you're doing it twice a year, or maybe it's an annual um, process. So. You know, once a year, if you're doing a, a big team meeting, it's a good way to pull people out and, and get them, you know, talking through different items. Maybe this is a, a component of that. And hopefully after you do it once, it's, it doesn't take any more than an hour to refresh the list and go through it and say, is this still relevant? Um, so now, you, now you're really just spending an hour rather than spending, you know, three hours talking, talking through um, and walking them through the process. Um, so I highly encourage you to... Take a look at the YouTube video, Broadus Frano YouTube channel. Take a look at the core workout um, and, and bring this back to your team. And as I said, this doesn't tie to um, any particular tenant in comfort in the workplace, um, but it sets the foundation across the board. Um, so once you have the core workout in place, um, you're able to then um, introduce the other tools and topics on top of it. So I view this as, as foundational to the future tools and topics that we'll, we'll go over. So I hope you found this valuable. I hope um, my, my experiences that I, I share with you around this is valuable. And I ask you all, as, as usual, please join me in creating comfort in the workplace by respecting team members and demanding excellence.